Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Um, in this month, um, we've been talking a lot about power, integrity, and excellence. And last week, we talked largely about... Hmm, I'm not sure. Something pie chat. <laughs> Excellence. And to, um, today we're going to be focusing them largely on integrity. Praise the name of Jesus. I want to start by reading 1 Peter 2 from verse 9. 1 Peter 2 from verse 9. Father, we thank you for your word. Lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. Because we have your word, we can never be lost, confused, or unsure. We can never be out of sync with you. Your word directs, inspires, instructs, corrects. And we submit ourselves to the lordship and leadership of your word, declaring that your word instructs us today and forever. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's read together. First Peter chapter 2 from verse 9, 1 to go. It says, but ye are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Peter is speaking to a certain group of people. And even though they are living um, in a time where some of them are Jews and some of them are Greeks, he's telling them that you're not really from these places. He says you are a chosen generation. They might call you Gen Z, Gen Y, Millennial. It says, but your generation is different, it's special. It says you are a royal priesthood. Maybe they told you that there were no queens or kings in your family. But Peter is telling you here, it says you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You might live among unholy people, but you are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. The same way the Israelites were set apart, now you are the true Israel of God and you've been set apart to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So your language is different. Your priorities are different. You are a different species entirely. And as a believer, that is something you must know. That you are distinct. You are not from around here. But then he tells them something two verses down the line. I'm going to read the first part of verse 11. He says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Some versions say, I beg you as aliens. Some versions say, I beg you as foreigners in exile. I'm speaking to you as somebody who's been called out as a holy nation, but still dwells amongst unholy people. I'm speaking to you as somebody who though is in this world, is not of this world. I'm talking to you as somebody who even though you have a visa to stay here, your passport is a different color. It says you are a sojourner, you are a foreigner, you are a stranger here. You may find yourself in Babylon, Daniel, but where you really are is from Israel. Some of you may find yourself in Lagos, Nigeria, or in Canada, or in the UK, or in the US, or in Kenya. But where you are really from, your actual citizenship is in heaven. And so Peter is saying, there is a particular way you ought to live because you are a stranger here. This is Babylon to you. You may not have built um, Nebuchadnezzar as king or Darius as king, but you are in Babylon. And Babylon refers to a system 
whose allegiance is to other gods, other values. It refers to a culture that pushes values that are different from the values you know in the kingdom. Many of us are living in Babylon. Many of us are walking in Babylon. Many of us, even though we come here for a few hours a day, spend most of our week in Babylon. Your social media feed is Babylon. Your office is Babylon. Many of the things that you are being taught in the media, that's Babylon. And for a lot of people, when they find themselves in a strange land, some people resist. There are some people who, in this world today, find a piece of land, build a community, and in that community, nobody dresses modern. They don't ride cars. They don't have phones. They don't watch TV. They want to be set apart because they know that they are foreigners. And sometimes that's the approach foreigners take. We don't want these people to influence us with their culture. So what are we going to do? We're going to set ourselves apart and stay in this place untouched from the world. But the thing about refusing to intermingle with the Babylonian culture at all is true that they may not be able to influence you. But guess what? You also cannot influence them. So for some people, their approach is we're, ex we're, we're in exile in this place. Let's just stay on our own. Let's build our own community. And sometimes that has, it, has its place. But that's not enough. So Daniel and his friends and a couple of other people find themselves taken captive from Judah. They find themselves in Babylon. And Jeremiah, who is a prophet in the same time as Daniel, tells them something. He says, build houses. Let me read the Jeremiah 29 from verse 4. Or I'll read from verse 5. He told him, said, he told him, said, build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, beget sons and daughters. So the fact that Jesus Christ is coming soon doesn't mean you shouldn't get married. That's a word for someone. The fact that Jesus is coming soon doesn't mean that you shouldn't build a house. That you shouldn't have money of your own. That you shouldn't make plans. It says be increased there and be not diminished. And if you listen to last Sunday's message on excellence, you know that God will have you be increased and not diminished. It says seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away as captives. That's why we pray for Nigeria. And pray unto the Lord for it. So, it's one thing to say, I'm not going to set myself apart. I'm going to remain in Babylon. But it's possible for you to be in Babylon and Babylon will not be in you. Because some people choose one extreme. They just choose to keep themselves away totally. Not understand culture. Not understand anything that's going on. Not involve themselves. So it's almost, almost difficult. Because how do you run a business where you are selling to only believers? How do you go to school that has only believers in it? What kind of parallel governments do you want to run with only believers? For some people, they, they're like, well, we're in Babylon, so when you're in Babylon, act like the, how did you say Babies? <laughs>
Act like the Babylonians. When you're in Rome, act like the Romans. And many of us compromise. Because you find yourself in Babylon away from home. Your parents are not there. The person who led you to Christ is no longer there. Your pastor might not be there. He's not there when you're making decisions on Monday morning. Nobody is there when you're asked to add an extra zero. This is the way we do it in Babylon. In Babylon, we can pray to our God in secret, but in the open, especially when our jobs are on the line, our lives are on the line, if we are asked to bow before a graven image, what do we do? Babylon will present you with money. Will present you with appetites. Babylon will present you with power. It's one thing to be a new Hebrew guy in a city and you're like, I don't want to eat this because of this and this and this. But when you get to a point where you've reached a certain level in government and they're saying nobody should pray to anybody except the king and your entire career is on the line, just like Daniel, what are you going to do? Babylon is after your integrity. It's after your integrity. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to mankind. So every temptation you face, somebody else has faced it in one form or the other. Babylon is after your integrity. It wants you to compromise for the sake of gain or reward. It wants you to cheat in that exam because you paid so much for this certification. It doesn't make sense for you to fail. God forbid, God forbid. You don't want to embarrass your parents. Although when you were not reading, you didn't think about that. It wants you to bow to the king so that you can get him on board. So that he can be your friend. So that you can get favor with him. Babylon wants you to compromise at the threat of punishment. Babylon wants you to change your convictions on social media so that people don't troll you. Or at least be quiet about them. Some of you, there are some, there are some topics you no longer comment on. You don't want to be cancelled. You care a lot about what people think. Babylon will have you compromise for the sake of peer pressure. Have you dressed in a way that you would never, you would never have dressed? Well, you realize that in this company, people that dress like this to enter the boss's office, they always promote them. See something? Daniel chapter 1 from verse 10. This was when they refused to eat um, the king's food. The official said to Daniel something that you will recognize in a few seconds. He says, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. And I'm reading from NIV. So it says, why should he see you looking worse than other men your age? Do you recognize this phrase? Why should your car look worse than the cars of people? Can't you see what your mates are driving? Can't you see how much your mates have in their account? Can't you see what your mates are marrying? You bring one guy. He doesn't have money. He says he loves Jesus. Is it Jesus? He says he's responsible. Ah, responsible for your pocket. There is a spirit of the age that wants us to do 
anything to be accepted. That wants us to sacrifice our convictions for the purpose of popularity. For the likes, for the shares, for the verification. Babylon wants you to sacrifice your convictions so that you'll be liked. Says, can't you see, see the way your mates are looking? See what your mates are earning. They are cutting corners. They are getting there faster. See the positions they are holding. But there's something interesting that Babylon teaches us. That a person who holds fast to their integrity and a person who cuts corners, <laughs> at the end of the day, the person who holds fast to their integrity and has an excellent spirit will still do better. Praise the name of Jesus. So a better way is to stay in Babylon, but don't let it stay in you. Don't let it into you. Many people drink simply because their friends are drinking. Because from what I've heard, alcohol is not sweet, right? It's not. Thank you, Major Nils. Me, I don't know, so he has told me, I believe. But you do it because other people are doing it. See, you are too old to be doing things because other people are doing it. You are old. That's not the reason. Do you know more people die of malaria than anything else? You do it because people are doing it. Do you want to be poor because many people in the world are poor? No. Popularity is not the test of truth. Democracy might be a good system of government. Everybody likes this person. Let's vote for them. Working for some countries, it's work for us in Jesus' name. But by the way, but it's not a good way to live your life. You don't live your life based on majority carries the vote. What will God have you do? What decisions will he have you make? What places will he not want you to find yourself? Praise the name of Jesus. So be in the world. Excel. Show your power. But remember, you are not of this world. Say, I'm not of this world. As a minority in Babylon, Peter is begging you in 1 Peter 2.11. He says, I beg you, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak evil against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So every time you do something, it's not just your reputation that's at stake, it's God's reputation. Everything you do in private, everything you do in public, is God's reputation that is at stake. Praise the name of Jesus. In Philippians 2 verse 15, Philippians 2 15, Paul says, So that you may be blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and perverse generation. So, it's true that you are a chosen generation, but now you are in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. I need to translate more people from the kingdom of darkness into light, from that perverse generation into your own chosen generation. So I can't take you out just yet. I need you to shine as light in the midst of this. It is possible to shine as light in an environment of contradiction. 
It is possible to stand up for what is right in an environment of contradiction. It is possible to be in politics and be unstained and be incorruptible. It's possible to be in business and have integrity. It's possible to be a student and not cheat. Should I say it again? Because sometimes, so, some people in school, is their service unit member that is the one telling them answer. In exam, I don't want him to fail. Ha! Ah, so of you have failed already. Praise the name of Jesus. So, you can be in Babylon and shine as light. You will have power in Babylon. God doesn't want you weak. God doesn't want you to be in a corner where nobody knows you. You are a citizen on a hill that cannot be hid. You will have an excellent spirit. You will do well. But every once in a while, there will be temptations. There will be trials. There will be opportunities for you to show your passports. So when you look at Daniel and Shadrach and Michigan and Abednego, the Bible takes us on their journey as they stayed in Babylon. Me, I felt, are these temptations not too much? You've already seen that God has already put forth man in the fire. People now came again and said they want to do lions then. Like, is it composing you must have part three or part two? But at every point in time, these trials, these temptations, these opportunities come to test the consistency of your character. They come to test your integrity. Because integrity is who you are every time. Hey, you are coming to bow to his graven image. Because some of us overcome temptations and then relax. This isn't about your assurance of salvation. I think we've thought on that a lot. It's about you growing. To be in, a, in actuality who God has made you in the spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. And so you will have different... It's just like a game. When you are gaming, it seems like a different kind of life. Some of us have cars that will ride one day but haven't ridden yet, ridden yet. When you are playing games. Please, just, I just want to say it here. There is one video of me and my friend playing a game that she beats me. That it seems as if she beats me. In case you follow Mrs. Jax, this is a lie. I'm the one holding the mic. Thanks. <laughs> she, 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 I think the, the rumor was that she beat me 9-1. Ah, God. A prophet is not respected in their own friendship. <laughs> but it's just a rumor. But in a game, you have like different cars. You have a different name. And in some ways, they're similar because with every level you get to, the hurdles, the challenges are bigger, they are higher. So before for Daniel, it was just food. And what did he really have to lose? Okay, maybe they won't choose you among the people that will be serving the king. But now, you have years of work gone ahead of you. You've served this king for many years. You have a career that you might lose if you pray. And it's okay to even pray in your mind and say, I praise God, you don't know toy. I can talk to him anywhere. But at the threat of his life, Daniel consistently prays the way he was praying before. And so like a game, you may have different names. 
In your office, may have one nickname. Just the same way, Daniel, who you are is one person. One person. Who you are on the inside is who you are on the outside. For some of you, if your colleagues come and see you sitting in church like this, nodding, they'll be like, it's wonder of the world. That who you are in private is the same person you are in public. That you can back up your public declarations with your private character. That you can back up your private convictions with your public decisions. That's how to be a person of integrity. Integrity comes from, from the word integer, which means a whole number. So one is one. If I tell you give me one apple, I mean one apple. If I tell you give me one um, three-quarter apple, you might bring half and one quarter or three different quarters. But a character is whole every time. Every single time. So while you are walking in Babylon, you will bring excellent results. There will be demonstrations of power. But opportunities will always come for you to choose, to show your passport, to identify yourself. To be able to say, not just with your words, but with your actions, my citizenship is in heaven and I eagerly await a savior, my Lord Jesus Christ. So this is not a call to come out of Babylon. It's a call to make sure Babylon does not get into you. Praise the name of the Lord. So your loyalty is not to your employer. Your loyalty is not to add that extra zero. These things happen a lot. They happen a lot. I know people personally that have said no to money laundering over and over again. Are, see, there are opportunities. In Israel, not in Israel, in Egypt when they were slaves, they may not have had the opportunity. But now in Babylon, there are opportunities to compromise. The opportunities to compromise. And this message is preparing us because God is taking us even further into positions of power, positions of influence. He wants to remind you of who you are. Praise the name of Jesus. And so at every stage, you're going to come across a test. But the only way you can pass those impromptu tests is to be the same person all the time. Is to be the same person all the time. The same person that you were in Israel to be that person in front of the burning fairy furnace. And so C.S. Lewis describes integrity as doing what is right even when nobody else is watching. Doing what is right even when nobody else is watching. A person of integrity does not need to be policed. A person of integrity does not need to be constantly reminded when they are loaned money. A person of integrity does not need three, two supervisors to be looking at their work, at their jobs. Miles Monroe said that a person of integrity locks themselves up in the prison of their own convictions. Let your word be as good as God's word. 
When, you're, when you say something, let it count for something. In a world where words don't matter, let your words count. I know that, Daniel, you can shut the mouth of lions. But if I'm looking through your books, I need to see that same consistency. Can your words match your, match your actions? Integrity gives stability to our power and credence to our excellence. So it's good that you can preach a great message, that you can defend anything in the Bible. Can you be trusted with a member of the opposite sex? Trusted. Can you be trusted with money? Can you be trusted with secrets? Can people find themselves in vulnerable positions with you and not regret it? I'm going to say it again. Can people find themselves in vulnerable positions with you and not regret it? Praise the name of Jesus. So the way to dwell as a holy nation while living in a holy one is through integrity. Is through integrity. Proverbs 24 from verse 6 says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. I'm seeing many faithful people here. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So why integrity? The first is that we serve a faithful God who has called us to a life of faithfulness. We serve a faithful God who has called us to a life of faithfulness. Your entire faith that you can now die for is built on the fact that God keeps his word. It's because of the word of God that the earth is still in balance. Are you aware? That's the reason why we're not turning on, turning on our own. It's because of the word of God that we have salvation in Christ. Imagine if after God told Eve, so your seed will bruise the head of the serpent. He now changed his mind. Salvation plan is too complex. I don't do it again. So you don't understand the circumstances. Okay, who will you report him to? If God does not keep his word, who will you report him to? But there is something about the integrity of his character that makes him swear by himself. That see, there's no greater person for me to swear by. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do because that's who I am. The very reason why we believe what we believe, why we know Jesus is coming soon, is because we can trust God to keep his word. So Jesus came as a human being insult enough. If it was some of us, you can't go to that cross now. Let's forget this, this, the beating. Before you even get there, somebody should spit on you. That's one of the most dis oh, ill. I'm like, ah, no, now, maybe you can spit. Go and save yourself. But not Jesus. That there is no person to hold God accountable, yet he keeps his promise. That is the greatest example you can have. There's nobody to punish him if he doesn't do it. There's nobody to question him if he doesn't do it, but he does it because that's who he is. That's the nature you were born into. The crux of our faith is dependent on a God who kept and continues to keep his word. 
Matthew 5.37 says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Some people always use the example that if some people greet you good morning, you have to go and look outside. Me, I always greet good morning in the night. It's just absent-mindedness, not lying. But how good is your word? How good is it? Something happened in 2 Corinthians 1. Paul is writing a letter. He's saying, I should have come and visit you guys since. Sorry, I didn't come. But he doesn't stop there. I feel like if you want to write scripture, why use five verses to explain why you didn't come? See how serious Paul takes it. He says, 1 Corinthians 1 from, 2 Corinthians 1 from verse 15. It says, confident of this, I plan to visit you first so that you might receive a double blessing. Beautiful. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and then to return to you from Macedonia and then to have you help me on my way to Judea. Great. Then he says, 17, when I planned this, did I do so carelessly or do I make my plans by human standards so as to say yes, yes, when I really mean no, no. This thing, this deep thing is explaining why he didn't come to Corinth when he said he was going to come. Are you following? He says, but as surely as God is faithful. So he's saying, see, you need to understand, we serve a faithful God. Because I said I was going to come and I didn't come doesn't mean that God is not faithful. As surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. We're not speaking to you from the corner of our mouth. And then he says, for the son of God, he has brought God into it. Jesus Christ, who proclaimed you among me and Silvanus and Timothy was not yes and no. But in him, it has always been yes. But the promises of God are yes in Christ. And so through him, he's making sure that people don't get the wrong idea. Why should a man of God say I'm coming when he's not coming? And he begins to explain. You serve a faithful God. You serve a God of integrity. That's your nature. So your behavior is not based on circumstances. It's based on your character in God. Praise the name of Jesus. And then the second one, it bears testament to our testimony. So everybody is jealous of Daniel in Daniel 6. And they begin to gather, how can we bring this man down? You see how Babylon is not very different from our age. How can we bring this man down? And in verse 4, he says that they try to find grounds for charges against him as regards the conduct of government affairs, but were unable to do so. They were unable to do so. So this one, they actually set a trap for him. Recently, to the glory of God, a pedophile was caught on camera. And people said they set trap for him. They said trap for you. Is that what made you to fall into the trap? You fell because that's who you are. And so now, they are even looking for trap to set for Daniel. They can't find anything. They can't find anything. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and never corrupt or negligent. Some of us are not corrupt, but we are negligent. They put you in charge of something you can't, you don't know what happened. You can't, you don't pay attention. Neither corrupt nor neg- And they said, finally, they said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Praise the name of Jesus. And so they make a decree in writing. They kind of convince this heathen king to sign. Nobody should pray to anybody except you. 
And of course, Daniel. Let me not see with coconut head. <laughs> Prays the same in the same position he was praying before. Where people can see him and they report him to the king. You have to understand. Daniel is put in charge of so many things so that the king will not suffer any loss. So the king who himself made the decree is sad. If Daniel was stealing his money, will he be sad? If Daniel was using all his data to download film, using all his work hours to focus on, your si on his side hustle, Sorry, I'm hearing sound of the abundance of broken tables. <laughs> if he was doing that, would the king be sad? If they gave him money and he would be stammering every time, like, will he be sad? This is a hidden king who makes this proclamation and he's greatly distressed. The king, it's just like he can't break his word. He begins to do everything in his power to set Daniel free, the person who made the decree. It was not a gift of the Spirit. The guy was a blessing to him. He could trust him. And early in the morning, he goes and he says, Oh, Daniel, did your God, whom you serve, was he able to deliver you? So the king goes to the mouth of the lion's den to check for Daniel himself the next morning. Hallelujah. And see what Daniel responded. He said, My God sent his angel in verse 22, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. That's great. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. I know you are working in Babylon. Your boss is not from, it's not from here. They don't treat you well, but you are there. Handle it faithfully. If you are not faithful in another man's business, who will give you your own? Who will give you your own? <laughs> One of the greatest blessings of my life, when I was in Abuja, I had someone working with me. I couldn't afford to pay her well. But she would carry it on her head like, and then a year later, she's no longer working for me, running her own businesses. Earning much more than some of us were. It, see, God rewards integrity. He does. It bears testament to your testimony when you say you believe something. When you preach to me, I must see a correlation between what you claim to have been saved from and what you are telling me. You shouldn't be behaving like what you claim to have been saved from. That's what I'm trying to say. So this guy had a good testimony before the king. He says, I've never done anything wrong before you, your majesty. Matthew 5 from verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown and trampled underfoot. You are different. You have to shine as light. We cannot seek to be like a world we are trying to transform. You cannot transform a world that you want to conform to at all costs. All the people who dress a certain way and enter your boss's office always get promotion. You can't be like that. There is a call upon your life. There is a reputation you have to uphold. It's not just your parents' reputation, it's your father in heaven's reputation. 
And so like Daniel, we need to be consistently committed to our convictions all our lives. We must have integrity in the workplace like Daniel. Was a hard worker, he distinguished himself. The king suffered no loss when he worked. We must have integrity under scrutiny. When they checked Daniel, they found nothing. Someone said power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. But not concerning Daniel. Not concerning the man named Joseph. We must have integrity faithfully. Some of you no longer speak in tongues in your room because your roommates laughed at you the last time. Some of you have lost the confidence to pray for the sick because you don't want people to think you are a certain way. Some of you, there are some topics you no longer comment on. So it's not just enough to not do the wrong thing. The boldness to do the right thing is integrity. Evil thrives when good men do nothing. So for some of us, we're in that, we're in that limbo. We're not doing the wrong thing, but we don't want people to see us a certain way. So we're quiet about what is right. So your neighbor says, speak up. So regardless of your past, you now have a future in Christ. It's true that your new man is spotless in spirit. But guess what? You have been empowered by the Holy Ghost from today to have a spotless reputation going forward. That people can look at your life and it's consistent with who you are in Christ. Daniel was faithful spiritually. He was faithful under scrutiny. For Daniel, it was better to die for conviction than live with compromise. This is important. If you claim to believe Jesus, if you've been made good in him, then you must live good. Praise the name of Jesus. Integrity is important for posterity. Regardless of the fact that Judas followed the disciples to heal the sick and raise the dead, we all know what we remember him for. History will forever be unkind to him. So anything that you can build with power and excellence, you can lose if you lack integrity. Everything you can build with power and with excellence, you can lose if you lack integrity. Imagine if Joseph had slept with Potiphar's wife. After all, she was the one. She was the one coming to him. She was the one trying to tempt him. See, yeah, there's too much at stake in your life for you to give temptation any power over you. You are empowered by the Holy Ghost to do good. Empowered. You are not powerless against it. It doesn't matter the body size, the shape, the amount of money. You are not your emotions. You are not your weaknesses. You are not your libido. You are a spirit being. Praise the name of Jesus. Look at Samuel's speech at the end of his life. First Samuel 12 from verse 2. So beautiful. Samuel was speaking here as he wrapped up his ministry and his life. He said, now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I am old and I'm gray, and my sons are here with you. I have been your leader from a youth. Remember when God called him, Lord, Lord. Until this day, here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Because you know, I've been in ministry for long. And there's no how bodies will not be buried anyway. Is that what he said? Did he say all men make mistakes? 
we all have the right to our private life. He says, whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Who have I cheated? Who have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of these things, I will make it right. And the people said, you have not cheated or oppressed us. You have not taken anything from anybody's hand. What a testimony. What a testament. So whatever you are building today, understand. Place value on your work. When I'm dead and gone, what do I want people to remember me for? What do I want my children to remember me for? There are some names you mentioned in this country. They like let them name all the roads after them. We know what they did. We know. When people hear your name, when you are gone, what do you want them to remember? A good name is better than riches. Even in the year 2021, it still remains. It's better than riches. So it's important for posterity. And there is room for grace and integrity teaching. The fact that you've been saved by grace through faith means that you are now empowered by the Holy Ghost to live a life that is consistent with your faith. So you are not saved because you are a person of integrity, but you become a person of integrity because you are saved. So Paul can say, let him that stole steal no more. He can tell you, shun ungodliness, shun youthful lust, because the power to shun it, the power to say no, is now at work on your inside. The same spirit that created the heavens and the earth lives in you. Sin is a small thing. Habits are a small thing. Money is a small thing. Praise the name of Jesus. Who you are in Christ is strong. Who you are in Christ is powerful. Who you are in Christ has integrity. And so as we talk right now about keeping integrity, I'll just mention a few points as I begin to round off. The first one, find satisfaction in the integrity of God. Find satisfaction in the integrity of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are about to be thrown into the burning fairy furnace because they will not bow to a graven image. And they say, Oh, king, we are not careful to answer you on this matter because we are strong and we have coconut head and we can do whatever we like. No. He said, God is able to save us. Our God whom we serve is able to save us. The reason why you are compromising so much is because you trust so little in the ability of God. In the ability of God to save you, to deliver you, to open doors for you. If you would just say no, you may realize that God is very close to saying yes for something bigger. But there's something else he says. That he says, even if he does not, regardless. Because the goodness of my God is not tied to the next open door. The goodness of my God is not tied to my next miracle, even though I know he has the ability to work miracles on my behalf. The goodness of my God is tied to his eternal righteousness in Christ Jesus. So even if the door doesn't open, I can trust him. I can trust that even if there is no fourth man in the fire, on the last day, myself, Shadrach, Mishan, and Abednego, all of us will be together. I can trust that even if for some reason the mouths of the lions are not shut, on the last day, 
Me, Daniel, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the other people for whom Christ will die. We will all rise together. That is, that's a mindset to have. To trust the goodness and the integrity of God. That God himself is more than enough. God himself is more than enough. No matter how big the temptation, God is better. No matter how deep the trial, God is better. No matter how great the loss, God is better. Praise the name of the Lord. That's the mindset to have. Another thing is boldness in the power of God. Confidence in the power of God. The power of God will give you the boldness to maintain integrity. Hebrews talks about people who refuse to accept being saved and rather give their lives. Even unto the point of death, it's the power of God to raise a dead man up. I want to encourage you as you go about this week to no longer be silent about your convictions. People who, sorry to say, are saying nonsense are talking. There are some people who have the weirdest views on relationships. The weirdest, I kid you not. And they, they don't mind calling themselves counselors. They don't, I, I don't want to give any example. They don't mind. You that you know Bible, that you know the word, you are quiet. Why are you, why are you, why are you quiet? So go out and speak the truth in love. Integrity is not just doing the, it's not just, it's, it's, it's not, it's not just based on you not doing the wrong thing. You have to be as intentional about doing the right thing, saying the right thing. Stop being quiet, speak up. Because if you don't speak up now, when the cost is small, <laughs> When the challenges are greater, it's likely that you'll be quiet. If like that rich young ruler, you can't give it all to follow Jesus, what's going to happen at the end of his life? Praise the name of Jesus. So be bold in the power of God. The next thing I'm going to talk about is company. Company will help you keep integrity. So Daniel is in Babylon. He decides, he proposes in his heart, I'm not going to eat this. But at the end of chapter 1, there are four of them who make up their minds not to do it. Many of you, if you've ever fallen into temptation, you realize that more often than not, it happened when you were not around the people who knew you as a believer. So if you go somewhere for school, or you go to NYSC, connect with other believers. Thank God now there's internet, so there's that opportunity. But still, let there be physical friends around you who are believers. If there are doctrinal differences, you can teach them the right doctrine. But sometimes people go to a new city, a new town. They don't fellowship with anybody. And guess what? Nobody knows you there. So if you see, nobody will know. But when you surround yourself with the right company, you are likely to do better. So it's true that we live in Babylon. But as you move about in Babylon, surround yourself with friends who believe the same thing. So that you are covered. See, good company is a defense. It protects you from the wrong advice. Like I'm just imagining now, so if I want to start drinking now, who will I take with me now? Or maybe if I want, let me not say cheat, cheat is too far. If I want to do something, like who, I don't Jesus was friends with tax collectors and sinners. But he's going to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And he goes with three friends. Even though I can't really say those ones were much help. But you get my point. What's your inner circle like? What's it like? Company will protect you. The right company will protect you. And then, final thing I'm going to mention, say no. Say what? See, I, somebody asks you to come and do money laundering. You've asked like 10 people. So what do you think? What do you, think? you know the answer. Just say no. An unbeliever wants to date you. What's the answer? If you like go for 25 conferences, it's still going to be the same word. Say it. Say no. That's one of the great... See, the ability to reject things, even at the threat of punishment or at the promise of reward, is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. And the more you say no, the easier it will become. No. No. Some of you need to realize it. Come to my house and spend the night. No. Add this zero here. No. Compromise. No. Don't go to church. No. Say no. Have a book of conviction. Sorry, I had two number fours. So that's the second number four. This is that's number four. That's number five. <laughs> why do you believe the things you believe? You must know why. Listen to messages that build your conviction. Study the word. Okay, you don't want to have sex before marriage. Why? Because if your answer is pregnancy, there's a way around it. If your answer is STD, there's a way around it. If your answer is you don't want people to find out until the last day, there's a way around it. Did somebody say how? Ha. Now, wow. See, one thing that shocked me about the um, five foolish virgins was they were virgins. They were innocent. Innocence without knowledge, very dangerous. Why are you doing the things you are doing? Why do you go to church? Know the reason. So that when temptations come, you can stand firm in the word. You know why in the word you shouldn't do this. You know why in the word you do this. Why do I give? You should know. For almost every question, there are messages on it. There are scriptures on it. Listen to them. Don't wait for temptations to come before you start boxing and realizing. Now is the time to stay established in the word. First Timothy 3 from verse 7. Speaking about the qualities needed for a leader. It says, furthermore, he or she must have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the snare of the devil. So boy is like, see, Baba Timothy, as they choose, no choose the one we go disgrace us. Simple. So there is this idea you must understand. People can hear about a Christian and be like, oh my God. And have esteem and give glory to God. On the other hand, people can hear about a Christian and the name of God will be blasphemed. Which one will be said concerning you? Because as you move about, as you make decisions in your daily life, it is no longer just your reputation you have to protect. You are carrying the reputation of the Almighty God. Why should his name be blasphemed amongst the heathen because of you? When the heathen hear about you, 
Should they give glory to God or do they insult him? So let your private life match your public declarations. Let them look at your life and Daniel and not be able, like Daniel and not be able to find any evidence of corruption. Is that what's going to be said concerning you? Corruption? Will you have a good report? I'm asking. Will you have a good name? A good name better than riches. Please rise to your feet and declare over yourself. This is an important prayer. This is an important prayer. You are going to say, I back up my private confession of faith with a life of integrity. Pray in the name of Jesus. My confession of faith is backed up with a life of integrity. My yes is yes. My no is no. I declare that I'm a trustworthy person. And if there are areas of my life where I have not been trustworthy, I repent today. And by the Spirit of God, I'm empowered to do better. From today, I say no to ungodliness. I say no to cheating. I say no to lying. I say no to, to youthful loss. In the name of Jesus. Because an, an encounter with Jesus empowers you to say no. Zacchaeus met Jesus and he said, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if there's anybody I've swindled, I'm going to return to them sevenfold. That's my life from today. I know that I'm a person of power and I'm a person of excellence. Why I declare? That from today, I'm a person of integrity. In the name of Jesus. I don't steal time. I don't steal trust. I, I don't, I, when people are vulnerable with me, they will not regret it. I don't steal money. I'm a person of integrity. I keep my word and doors are open unto me. But even if doors are shut, I declare I will not compromise. I will not compromise at the fear of punishment. I will not compromise at the promise of reward. In the name of Jesus, I will not sell my integrity for anything. I said that grace produces fruit in my life. Fruit consistent with my new nature. And as a church, we take the world for Jesus in power and in excellence and in integrity. Hey, we are salt that does not lose its taste. Our light so shines before men. They see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Father, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, we thank you. Your word has the ability to look into a man's heart and to discern his thoughts and intents, to divide, to correct, to instruct. We thank you because your word has done that in us today. 
Changes that need to be made from this moment are made. Convictions that need to be established are established. Resolves that need to be strengthened are strengthened. Repentance that needs to be taking place has taken place. We give you praise because we are a people in Christ, for Christ we joy. We walk in the integrity that Christ has shown us. We walk in the excellence and in the power that he has demonstrated to us. And as we do this, we take the world for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline. 0809-996-7000 Blessings